Welcome to the 94th edition of the Guna Podcast, recorded on the Wednesday evening after Arsenal's FA Cup third round victory over Leeds. We were originally scheduled to record this on the traditional Monday evening, but ESPN put paid to that with their scheduling of the aforementioned cup tie. As usual, this podcast is sponsored by the website for all your unofficial Arsenal t-shirt needs, gunashirts.com, and some new Thierry Henry t-shirts are promised soon. I'm your host, David Udo, and my thanks to Mark Ollington for doing the honours in my absence due to my work's Christmas party last time round. Without going into unnecessary detail about what I was doing whilst he and the guests were talking Arsenal, it's time to introduce this evening's panel. Number one, is he in Berlin? Is he in Spain? No! For once we have him here, in North London, the man of a thousand voices, most of them loud, and the editor of the Hampstead Village Voice, amongst other publications available in the NW3 area. It is a warm, warm welcome back to our old friend and one of the original podcast panellists, the legend that is Mr Don Sebastiano. I am touched. I'm t- that's quite an <laughs> intro. That, I don't know how to follow that one up. I'll just, uh, you better introduce someone else quickly. <laughs> Well, the next up, number two, currently recovering from the launch of the Guna iPad app, or more specifically, converting 15 back issues into readable form for this media, and now preparing the next issue of the Guna, it's our esteemed editor, sometimes respected, often vilified, hello to Mr. Kevin Witcher. Good evening, everybody. Hello, Kevin Witcher. There's only one. There is only one. And last but not least, making his second set of appearances, it's one of OnlineGoon.com's more frequent contributors. We prom- he promised us some Indian food, but his work commitments mean we have had to settle for our usual Chinese takeaway any minute now. So you can be sure this won't be the last time we have him on. Welcome to the man with the random thoughts from the Barnet Hills, Mr. Pradeep Kachala. Hello, everybody. Uh, and I hope that was somewhere near to the correct pronunciation of your surname. That's pretty good, actually. Hey, jobs are good un. So, gents... We sit here tonight on the 11th of January 2012, but the 9th of January 2012 will go down in history and there'll be lots of people asking all of you, were you there? 9th of January this year, Arsenal versus the mighty Leeds in the FA Cup, 70 minutes gone, nothing's happening, who comes on as a substitute? It's only Thierry Henry making just a six, six weeks at Arsenal, I'll see what I can do to help you. And then he scores the winner after 78 minutes and celebrates, celebrates like a huge Arsenal fan. We, we must have all been there. Mr Sebastiano, your thoughts about last Monday? First of all, I wasn't there. <laughs> um, which, uh, due to the fact that um, one of the reasons being I injured my foot playing football, so... Uh, Darren Anderton excuse, sick note style. Um, however, I did listen to, and I listened to it on the radio, something I hate doing because it's very painful and you can't see anything. But it was John Motson who was the. Which, and John Motson doing it on the radio? He was on Radio 5. It was John Motson, which was well, great apart from the fact he was with Steve Claridge, which was very annoying. But the great thing about Motty is he does have a sense of occasion and he really knew how to report it. And I, I, it, I mean, I was in my kitchen. The nerves, you know, I, and needless to say, um, that it was it was better than a John Jensen moment, and I was worried that another John Jensen moment would happen, and that uh, Thierry would score, and then we'd go and throw it away, which could have actually happened at one point. It sounded like it on the radio, anyway. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, oh, just wonderful. I mean, I actually, I, it was one of those where you just go, yes, like that. <laughs> you know, sorry, there goes the mic. But you know, you just really get. I was just. 
And I couldn't believe you, you can you can make it up, really. Just true romance. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. Prabby, did you make it? It's it's not often that football brings a smile to your face, and you know, half time it's nil nil, and you're like, okay, you know, this might be the first time because it's always in the back of your mind. This might be the first time that Arsenal go out to a lower division club, and he's on the bench. And you're like, okay, is this going to happen, really? And as soon as that goal winning, you're like, am, am I watching this? And what, it made, what made it more special was his celebration, because as a fan, you could see, actually, you know, Thierry Henry had a lot of emotion pent up there. And I think there was something in the back of his head saying, can I actually still do this? Can I still go to Arsenal and score a goal and be the same player I am? And I think when he scored that goal, there was so much relief and so much more belief and confidence that came back into him. Because let's not forget, he's playing in New York to come back to his old hunting ground and score a goal on his debut it's got to be special for him and it's special for us yeah absolutely absolutely I mean seeing a player score a goal for Arsenal they don't look um, cockily satisfied and they sort of strut off with a little bit of a smile I've, I've never seen anyone uh, at Emirates or Horby looking as happy as Terry and Raymond score on Monday what did you think of the entire situation Kev? Well, uh, I was watching the game up to the point where Henri made his entrance and it was all the preamble, really, before the substitution. The whole evening was a preamble before the substitution. And we had managed to have a fair number of chances. And every time I thought, I wonder what would happen if Thierry Henry had had that chance. Um, the worst of them being um, Arshavin's early miss when he blasted over the bar. And I have to say this, but I'm not actually convinced when Shamak was caught offside two feet away from the goal line whether he if he wasn't offside he would have <laughs> he would have done anything different because <laughs> <laughs> you know, last <coughs> over the bar um, I mean, it was quite difficult to do that but uh, we, we just it was just waiting you know it, 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 there was a vague chance he might actually score before Henri came on but frankly I wouldn't have put money on it and and so basically we had Coquelin go off and we had um, who came on for him or was it uh, mm, well Mm. Miguel came over yeah. him, right. So we had used one of the subs, and they had three subs warming up: Shamak, Ben Ayoun, and Henri. And I thought, for a terrible moment, why is he warming up three subs? He, surely he's not yeah. going to not put on Thierry <laughs> after all this build-up. <laughs> Thankfully, he saw sense. And it's interesting, Henri. He didn't get a lot of the ball really in terms of having opportunities but he, he only needed one chance and the, the chance he got was more difficult than some we'd missed earlier but it was just like old times because the way he took the ball and finished I mean I don't know maybe there's been 20 goals like that just absolutely identical mm. during his Arsenal years and it was just like deja vu and it, I think because it had been built up so much the release was phenomenal A just his entrance you know but B also the um, the goal itself I well mean, C we needed a goal because uh, <laughs> we weren't going to get one otherwise it was one of those where I mean it was the same at the QPR game I, I was wondering where's the goal going to come from mm. when w Wally Walcott missed the sitter of all time and, and you think uh, you know is this going to be nil-nil QPR and it must have been the same kind of feeling against Leeds mm. and I did notice also on the highlights um Henri running to the corner flag and then having a nice little kick at one of the Leeds players on the yeah. Yeah. luckily not to get 
a, a yellow card. But I think the ref was in the spirit of things and ended up giving it to Arshavan. Yeah, I did. It was uh, Darren O'Day, I think, the uh, left left hand side centre back. Well, I, would, I don't think we'd have probably missed him if he'd have got a red card. Really, Arshavan, the way he's been playing lately, I don't know what's what's gone wrong with him, but no, something has, hasn't it? But I mean, some people have reflected on the evening in a negative way by saying it's come to this that we need uh, um, a former player who's well past his prime currently play, applying his trade in America to come and, and score a goal for us and uh, given that Van Persie wasn't on the pitch it's actually a fairly accurate assessment of the situation so I mean personally I thought it was wonderful and I, I'm, I'm not looking at the negatives I'm, I'm thinking it's great we've got this guy for uh, a couple of months not least because the intelligence of his play will hopefully rub off on some of his younger colleagues mm. uh, I did notice once the um, we were ahead Henri dropped back a hell of a lot because mm. the midfield were charging on in the way they always do regardless of the reality that Leeds suddenly were going to come at us so whereas actually we wanted to consolidate and just try and control the game in the middle of the park you had the young young midfield, with the exception of Arteta, still going for it, you know, and, and Henri was dropping back covering for them. Um, so hopefully some of his wisdom will actually be transferred to his colleagues and they might learn something. Well, there might be a bit of an anti-climax. If he, say, say he does get a goal every second game or mm. something, and... and and together with Van Persie and we get a little run going and we start winning and then he's got he's sodding off then isn't he so then we've got you know the end of March well, I mean, April. what happened with Beckham at uh, Milan I, I've got a memory he joined yeah. for a similar period yeah. and they extended it they were able to do some deal mm. whereby he actually ended up <laughs> staying the whole of the season mm. so you know if he does work out to be a success I wonder if that's possible one thing's for sure he loves Arsenal and I mean it was, it was, that was what was lovely to see to have someone who he still had that spirit of Highbury a bit of kind of fire in his belly and mm. and, uh, and it, it just it, it warmed the heart and I think we need we really needed a, a morale boost this season and uh, that's certainly he's certainly the one there is a, it's, it's something quite odd that he's probably the only Arsenal supporter playing for the Arsenal first team at the moment Paddy you, you've been you've been trying to get something out for the last what, three or four times your, your grass please shoot well first of all for those people who being critical of his return they're probably the same people that don't like Christmas you know these, these <laughs> <laughs> moody this was me before we started <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing else better to even criticise it listen the guy came scored a goal but in terms of where do we go from here and this is the interesting thing I always like to read between the lines <coughs> of Wenger and what he said originally was we've got Omri for eight weeks for now and that's interesting because then I thought to myself hang on a second and especially after what happened on Monday if you look at the factors he respects the club. There's a statue there. The younger players like Wilshire and Chesney absolutely idolise him. I don't think he's going to be in New York for long if he goes back. Because if he does go back, all you're going to hear is, when's Henri coming back? Mm. I, I, I do possibly think that he's, he's, he's probably going to be back for another two, three years now. And whatever it takes, I think there'll be media pressure, there'll be fan pressure... And there'll also be a wanting at the club for him to come back. Because at the end of the day, he's not going to play 90 minutes. He's not going to start every game in and out. But you're away at 
Swansea, for example, 60 minutes gone, it's nil-nil, and suddenly Henri's warming up. You're a Swansea player. You don't want to see that. You don't want to see a European Cup winner. You don't want to see a World Cup, European Championship, Champions League, um, FA Cup, etc., etc., coming off from the bench. You might not have the pace, but he's got the brain. Well, I mean, I hate to say this, but there is a precedent for this. Um, I don't know how old Bergkamp was when he was retired. I suspect he's probably about three years older than Henri is now. Hmm. And uh, Bergkamp's contribution... um, I think there was a genuine general belief that he he would have been a lot more peripheral than he ended up being because he played a lot of games. Some of them were as sub, but he'd started a fair number as well, certainly in the Invincible season. In 2004-05, when we won the FA Cup, he ended up playing in the Cup Finals, the front man, Mm. Um, and he played a good old number of league games. He did... He did start to tail off a bit in that final season, 05-06, um, but by that time he was, I think, 36, 37. You know, he, he was... I mean, he, I think he, the thing about these kind of players is, is that, A, they can make a contribution on the pitch, um, but critically behind the scenes. Mm. Um, I mean, Keown, in the Invincibles season, he just about scraped his 10 games, and I think <laughs> half... Well, maybe half of them. Certainly... If, Three or four of them were as a, a late mm. substitute, just to make sure he got a medal. But I don't think you can underestimate um, his contribution behind the scenes. And I think that is the thing about older players, and it's one of the reasons the likes of Scholes and Giggs and Neville at Manchester United have been kept on, because even though they don't play every game, um, they they have a huge contribution and. It's helped United to keep winning things, mm. even though these guys haven't been used that much. And and in a way, I think everyone now acknowledges um, that the Invincibles team was broken up too quickly, um, that basically Wenger, possibly for financial reasons, embarked on Project Youth. And you know now we know that it was it was very idealistic, but it was never going to work. But bearing in mind that. Um Robin Van Persie's been on break in Dubai since uh, the day after, or a couple of days after the, the Fulham defeat um, last week. I mean, there's a, a, a great big part of that suggesting that if he does come back, whether it be t- today, Wednesday, or tomorrow, Thursday, he probably won't be able to get fit enough again to start against Swansea on Sunday. Can you imagine a scary situation where Henri starts against Swansea away, and then after an hour he gets he gets taken off, absolutely knackered, bless him, uh, as as he looked on Monday after he got, uh, after he went uh, went off after 90 minutes after only being on for 20 minutes, and then the only person who can come off the bench to replace him is Gian Park no hang on I think Van Persie will start mm. in Swansea I think yeah. you're underestimating his <laughs> yeah. natural fitness um, <laughs> yes I am so I don't think you need to the, the thing is Henri will be on the bench against Swansea the real question for me is at what stage Wenger starts both players and decides that basically presumably Henri will be the flank player mm. because I don't think he's going to move Van Persie out there um but with Henri's intelligence, I mean, because, you know, you're not getting pace from Arshavin, really, so you might as well play Henri there. Um, At least Henri will, will do the right thing Man, you know, when, when given a situation. Another thing, I've come up with a really silly tactic that just might work. <laughs> a Wenger master plan would be 
put Wally Walcott on the right wing, make him run the legs off, off, off opposing defenders, right, for 60 minutes, and then take him off, bring Henri, who, with, although be it not as fit as all that, they won't have any legs to kind of keep up with him, and he can mesmerise them and just tap the ball in. That sounds like a silly tactic. <laughs> it just <laughs> might. It's a long shot, but it just might work. I remember the second season at the Emirates Stadium. Where, um, Walcott went all the way. This was against Manchester United at home. It's one all with about two minutes left. Walcott goes all the way to the uh, to the byline, crosses it, and Henri puts a beautiful header in past Edwin van der Sar. And out of nowhere, we've gone from one oh, down to two one up. So I don't think it's a ridiculous ta- uh, tactic. Thing. I think Walcott and, and Henri also somehow. Uh, so I, I, I noticed in the highlights as well while they were sitting on the bench at one point they were they, they were they were they were taught he was talking to Walcott there was one point he was talking wasn't there a point he was talking to Walcott well I didn't see the highlights uh, I was actually just yeah, there was, yeah they were sitting I mean, there was, he was, there he was, was talking to him he was but it, the thing with Henri he can like my good self over talk a bit and uh, I think uh, actually Walcott was looking a bit bored it was quite a funny scene because Walcott was going oh god what's he telling me now however on a serious note I do think that um, Walcott will be incentivised and also he's the sort of player who with someone like Henri playing with him also will open defences up and, and there will be more opportunities to score goals with, with uh, I think you could even have um, Van Persie and Henri together and, and even with a Walcott on the wing as well I know that's all sounding a bit 4-4-2 um, mm. four, four, Basti a bit attacking <laughs> come off it well, see that, that or Geordie Armstrong will come back from the dead to mm. cross some puts work there would be nice to have a, a, a proper winger you know which I think is if Walcott could get a decent cross in Mm. Uh, then well, that's, that's a big if. His crossing is better than it used to be. Paddy, mm. uh, bearing in mind the last three January transfer windows, Arsenal have brought in Henri on a two month loan this season. Last season was Jens Lehmann, and the year before that was Sol Campbell. Yeah. Are there any other invincibles still playing that, Ven- that Wenger can bring in? Apparently, uh, Robert Perez tweeted today. <laughs> oh, that, really? uh, uh, Robert Perez tweeted today to say, hang on, I'm, I'm only training at the club, they're not really going to bring me back. I think <laughs> it was me. There <laughs> may have been a rumour that he was going to come back now. He can't be any worse than Jovino, if you ask me. I don't know about He'd probably no. do a better job than I Shavin. I don't know about Jovino, but definitely <coughs> better than I Shavin. Shamak has to be the disappointment of. Uh, of new players, surely. It's a, it's, it's a very, very weird thing. Uh, I think his first three months uh, of last season, he played really well. Yeah. He scored a hell of a goal at home to Birmingham. Um, unfortunately, since Christmas last year, he's been a bag of arse. So mm. he seems like a bit of a chump somehow. He doesn't. It doesn't. It just doesn't look like he wants to be there. He's a bloke who's already bragging about returning to Girondins du Bardot. Yeah, he won't be there next season. Absolutely no chance. Kevin, are there any other um, Invincibles still playing which you'd like to bring back? Ashley Cole, perhaps? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously a big fan favourite, but, uh, um, I mean, certainly we've missed Cole since he left. Um, yeah, much as people... I, you know... He is available at Manchester City, apparently. He can play right back and centre. Mm. I was never quite sure about Cole, though. I mean, the, the, he was wholehearted, certainly. Um, he needs to be alongside the right player. That's what he needs to be. Um, I mean, I think you know, if anyone's next to company, they're going to look good. Mm. And and Torre next to Campbell looked good, but 
it didn't quite work out with Gallus for some reason. Um, they hated each other, didn't they? That's why yeah, his transfer. So, but, but I remember Toure was getting—he was putting on weight and being very slouchy the last couple of seasons. He was—he he wasn't his former self. He got ill at the African Nations as well, didn't he? Yeah, that's oh, right. Oh, yeah, oh he yeah. had that terrible game as well out there where he, he missed a sitter or something, didn't he? I seem to remember. Yeah. He, or was, no, was it an own goal or something horrible happened anyway? I don't think he's been the same player since that illness. No, no, even, no. even in Manzi, I don't think he's been the same player. He no. came back much bigger in terms of fatness. Mm. And he had, that, he had the uh, drug ban as well because he was trying to lose weight by Absolutely. taking those pills. But we did love him while he was when he oh, was hot. He course. was Colo Torre, great player. Good, is, great is Gilberto man. still playing in Turkey? Oh, what a great question! I think he's back in uh, Brazil. Actually. There's a great Dennis Bergkamp goal you can watch on YouTube. He's playing for some reserve Ajax team or something, or some old Los Veteranos or something, <laughs> and he scores this absolute blinder. But I think. He probably wouldn't last ten minutes. Running. I think. I think even. I think we'd all have to agree. Dennis is probably too old to bring. Well, I'm, I'm sure you'll be sorry to hear that as of Sunday, Jose Antonio Reyes re-signed for Seville. So I'm very sorry it doesn't because oh, he can join the Arsenal. Oh, thanks God for that. Well, at least he won't have to change his um, <laughs> duvet covers now. <laughs> um, Basti, um, rather than any any other in- invincibles, um, I mean, if anything, let's hope next January he doesn't sign anyone. One real crisis we do have in the team is in terms of defensive injuries. Uh, I mean, our right back finished the game on Monday was Nico Yanaris. Um, hopefully, we'll have Jury back from suspension on Sunday against uh, against Swansea. Left back, for all I know, I could be next in line for that. How are we coping and do we need to get someone? Bearing in mind the papers are linking us with Wayne Bridge and a lot of Arsenal fans are in favour of it. Well, we, we, it's clear to me that it, as far as uh, left, right, back, I mean, since San, Sanya's been injured, um, if Juru, I mean, to be honest with you, if we're going, we hope Juru's coming back. For me, Juru really is a, would be a second or third choice player. If, you know, if you're looking at uh, the, obviously you can't compare Arsenal today with the Invincibles, but with any strong Arsenal side, you know, we always had a very strong, well, the famous back four, need we say more, but we, we, we really are uh, so short, we're so depleted, and why Wenger, when he's had chances to buy, you know, in the summer, he, he needed to buy some defenders, and he didn't, you know, uh, and, uh, or no one that I can think of, actually, I don't know. No, in, fairness, in fairness to the manager, the injuries he's suffered uh, could not have been foreseen. You know, he's lost a pair of left-backs. He's lost a pair of right-backs. Um, I, don't, I don't think... I mean, he did buy a right-back and he bought a left-back. So he did buy defenders. Uh, he's just been very unlucky. So what we've ended up with is centre-backs playing at full-back. Yeah, we've got three centre-backs. Which has, has, yeah. has altered Four. the balance of the team because these yeah. guys aren't attacking... <coughs> Uh, in the way that uh, you want your fullbacks to, mm. so uh, I just think you have to put that one down as bad luck. And I mean, he's trying to get a left back on loan by the sound of things. But we've never really replaced Cole or Clichy. Uh, you know, the well, I mean, you know, uh, I mean, Kieran Santos Gibbs, cost. Kieran Gibbs isn't isn't either Cole or Clichy. Well, I mean, we so. don't know. Is the short answer <laughs> that because. I think we'll never know. Um, you know he's he's still too young. He needs he needs to develop. Uh, Santos was purchased for something around six million pounds, something like that. Six point two five million pounds. Um, mm. So that's that's a substantial signing. That's that's your first choice left back. Mm. You're paying that kind of money. That's your left back. Well, Santos um, 
is definitely a good attacking left back. Mm. The problem is defensively, he's, he's got to improve. But uh, I just think that it's just been one of those seasons with the uh, fullbacks you couldn't have foreseen. When's he due back? Oh God, he's at least two and a half. Well, months. Gibbs was supposed to be back in November. It's now January. We haven't seen him. I mean, I just, I just think it's it's very unfortunate, and it will probably cost us in the long run that we've had this bad luck um, in this these positions. But that that's football sometimes. Well, for a player like, was it? Did you say Wayne Bridge? Yeah. I mean, the, the frustrating thing is Cochrane has done a good fill-in job. Yeah. And can play either side, right at uh, full back, and then he's got injured. Yeah. What can you do? <coughs> if there's any chance we could play Chamac at left back, it'd be a good thing. <laughs> um, Preddy, anyone you'd go after? Would it be would it be Neil Taylor from Swansea? Would it be Wayne Bridge or would it be this guy from Oman we've got on a two day trial this week? True story. Left back. Uh, I'd actually I'd actually give Miguel a chance because I don't I don't see the point of bringing anyone for two weeks, two feet. So that's what's apparently Sanya's back towards the end of the month. Um, if worse comes to worse, when Wilshire comes back, you stick him in midfield, stick Song at centre back with Mertesaka, and then you play Koscielny at right back and Sanya at left back. You to, I don't see the point in bringing anyone for two, three months, uh, two, three weeks. I can't help but offer my best luck in the world to Ignacy Mikel against Manchester United a week on Sunday. <laughs> we'll take a short break now before continuing in our next podcast. But as always, just to mention that if you want to email us about anything related to the podcast, our address is gunapodcast at gmail.com. Once again, thanks to our sponsors, gunashirts.com, and it's goodbye from Basti. Goodbye. Kevin. I'll see you. And Pradeep. Goodbye. We'll be back soon with more. I'm your host, Dave Dudo, and thank you very much for listening. la di da di da la di da di dee all good friends and jolly good company. Well, hey!